Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel. Nick Roush here with Adam Luckett. Uh, two weeks of this Luckett and uh, didn't expect to be talking about losses in each of the first two games start this season. And I mean, I, I try not to spoil any content before we start talking, but man, I'm not looking forward to this. I tried to put the game away, tried to move on, but we got to. We got to talk about it. It sucked. It sucked. It's one thing to go zero and two, but to go zero and two, the way they did, really. When I look at this team, like I still think this is a good football team. I think they've gotten some like unfortunate luck, where they just haven't got the bounces their way. And then there's one specific position that is just really letting letting the team down. And that would be on, on top of on top of some boneheaded moments from other positions, but um, corner position just is not been good. I mean, it's been pretty bad, um, to put it bluntly. <laughs> and Auburn obviously had that one receiver that could take advantage of it, mm-hmm. but I mean, they just really got exposed against what was pretty much a Big Twelve offense. What we saw from Ole Miss, um, and the the strategy, I think, was the right strategy, and they did what I thought they, they would do, but it was just Matt Corral didn't make any mistakes. And he was slippery in the pocket. The pass rush really didn't affect him all game. So you had, you know, double trouble element there where he could run it or he could run around and make a throw. And then you had just, you know, breakdowns, um, multiple breakdowns. You had three PIs that directly led to touchdowns, all from the, all from the corner and then one from, you know, your slot corner, your nickelback. Like, yeah, and that, that, that one from Robinson was – I think if you had them all on a scale – Yeah, it's bang-bang. Yeah, but like – so the the Kelvin Joseph one was – okay, uh, yeah, I'd throw the flag there. The the second – the Dort one, correct, that was the bang – that was the other one where that one was uh-huh. really – that one's 50-50. The Devontae Robinson one, like, come on, that's defense. Like, yeah. that Come on, yeah. you can call that. But nevertheless, that, that's kind of the scale they were on. And, I mean, even if just one of those goes differently, the, they all happened. I think two were in the reds. I mean, one was in the end zone. Was Dortz in the end zone, too? Mm-hmm. And then the Robinson one was on a crucial third down. And I think Ole Miss went down and tied it or took the lead on that following drive. Uh, I can't remember if it was their first touchdown drive or second touchdown drive of the second half. But either way, that's a huge stop. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get it, so – in in the, the thing like it I think that is most surprising is just that we thought this was going to be the strength of the team and it's yeah. been quite the opposite. So like I don't were we just all idiots? Like I, well, I we thought we had we thought Kentucky had two draft picks at corner. Thought Eccles could play himself into probably the late rounds this year and mm-hmm. Joseph long term. Um he's got all of the requirements to be a NFL player. 
and it's just not clicking. I don't know why or what's going on. I know there was some scuttlebutt that that, that was maybe a position that got hit by COVID during practice. So maybe that plays part of it, but maybe. they're just, they're just really struggling. Um, and they're getting bullied too. Like Jonathan Mingo was just running over dudes and then like talking smack to Joseph. And then next play was going and scoring on us. But so it's just like, man, yeah. they're, I, th- I think this week for that, for those two guys specifically, I think it's a big week for them because they're going to get challenged again. Now, these receivers coming up aren't um, the freaks that I think they just played. I think Mingo and Seth Williams are both, you know, NFL guys, like going to be probably starting on NFL teams. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a shame. You run for 400 something yards and don't win the football game. Um, that stinks. And there, I mean, there's so many layers to that game. I think we could get into, um, but I think one thing, pe- what people aren't really talking about much, at least around here, is I think like Matt Corral's probably pretty damn good. Yeah, and it makes you wonder too, like what the hell Richard was doing. And I don't, I, I get that he liked, you know, he has that. He likes to run a lot of that mesh stuff, and I, I get that to an extent. But if you've got somebody who's that good of a passer, like. What are you doing? Also, can can we – I know th- this is me just picking one mistake out of, like, a thousand that were made, but they put in John Rice Plumley on a short yardage situation, and the outside linebacker bit on the fake to the running back. It's like, dude, wait, wait, that's why they put him in. Like, Yeah, whenever they put Plumley in, though, that was a win for Kentucky. Like, looking back – like those plays were wins for Kentucky. Like Lane, I think they're met, Lane's messing around too much there. Um, but that was the best quarterback performance we've seen against Kentucky since Lamar, twenty seventeen. Kyle Trask was pretty good in the second half. Um, yeah, um, but I don't, I don't think it was that good. I mean, this was a whole game of it where he did. I mean, it was where Trask was just a half or a quarter and a half. Yeah, and I think what really made Corral just really put him over the top was that there was multiple situations where UK had pressure and he was able to get rid of it or UK just mess it up. The The yeah. use of Corker safety blitz was, I mean, just, yeah, that was a big miss tackle him, dude. Like he like fell down and then he got up again and he, yeah, you cannot, again. you like, can't God. dive. You just got to stay on your feet against a guy like that. Like uh, that, that guy, it's not about kill shot. It's just about, you know, getting him to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then corral, there was one play, where he slips out of a Jordan Wright sack, um, steps up in the pocket. It's third and like six. He does a little flick of the wrist um, to Snoop Connor, who catches it and goes for a first down. As soon as he does that, Mark Quest Bimbry about saws him in half. Oh, man, he did. He knocked the absolute hell out of him. <laughs> and then was- he, he gets up, shakes that off. Lane Kiffin said sometime in the second half he took a hit, went in the locker room. They didn't know if he was going to come back, came back, and still – I mean, Bimbry hit him so hard, he went to the sideline. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw that. I didn't know this at live, but I went back on tape and saw that on the on the TV copy. But, yeah, um, I just think there was some, some like, crowd just wasn't kind of losing on that on that day. That's why I don't, like, I'm not, like, the extra point, like, obviously you need to make the extra point, but I I fully think uh, they were going for two. Well, Either, yeah, regardless. yeah, I think they would have like that. That's the smart money to do too, because the way that UK's offense was playing. When I was like, telling people in the press box, I was like, overtime kind of works to Kentucky's advantage. 
because it takes it condenses the field. Exactly, you shrink the field up. Kentucky can run it at will. Yeah, you know, like they're not stopping. Yeah, space to and they're with. and they're logging up snap counts. You know, they were getting up there, so that, that defense is gas. I mean, they're just. I mean, you saw in the first OT possession that was like cutting cake. I mean, it was just oh, easy. And I think Stoops was ready to go for two in that second overtime as well. I don't think any coach was ready to put it on their defense to yeah. win the game. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if, if they were going to get the shot, they were going to go for it. Um, and hell, you almost wondered if you if you just do it the first time, <laughs> roll the dice. But to, to lose, like I, I, I'm I'm happy, like it that folks haven't been fixated on the PAT. But man, we're really going to think about that PAT down the road, like. <laughs> oh, it's, any anyone. As soon as he hit that upright, uh, that's what I was thinking every time. Well, and you know what I also thought of too? I thought of the question I asked you last week. Like, what do we think about the special teams? You said, well, we ain't seen the kicker yet. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn it, I jinxed us. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm really but, laboring over this because – But I, I get back to – they're just – I think well, they're a good team, and I think they can climb out of this. Well, like, I think they're still winnable opportunities. They just need – they need a break. They need something to bounce their way. Well, and you said it, too, that I don't think Matt Corral was losing that day, and it kind of felt like that was the way Terry Wilson was playing, too, and that's what really hurts is that you were in a position to win a shootout against a team that can only – like, that's the only way they play, and you were able to adjust. Your offense was able to keep up with that, and – that, that's huge. That's significant. I mean, I mean, that's what we were worried about after the first week was their offense past defense. I mean, a lot of that, that Auburn trouble, you were like, well, Seth Williams is going to Seth Williams, but for the most part, defense did okay. They got dealt some short fields. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, well, if the offense turns it on and the defense can just make a few plays and that goes to your ball bouncing the right way. Uh, who, somebody put it on the turf for them. They end up getting it. You aren't getting any sacks home. Uh, the, the the defensive playmaking you got to get it from somewhere you just right. you have to it, well well you look at it you know Kentucky's fumble twice on the fumbles are I mean they're pretty lucky like if you get over fifty percent of your fumbles on both sides um, that's a good year and both of them you know bounce to the other team AJ Rose in big spots in zone too like I, I think yeah he I mean was we could when he fumbled it which look at have you ever remembered there being so many like. Was he in the end zone? Wasn't he in the end zone? Because no. I'm pretty sure that old Miss guy was in the end zone too. I think they've all been in the end zone, and they're just caught. Like I, I don't know that old Miss is. one was weird. That one was weird because the his whole body was in it, but the way he was holding the ball was like you could see maybe it was outside. So I mean, Kentucky was kind of due for one. Um, after like you know, like people were like you know you need the bench rows, you don't. I mean, he's a senior, he made a mistake, but that was kind of like the football gods kind of striking back for no it, it, that was definitely that. uh karma helping out right so that that one i just you know that's just you 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 asked for that when you pull a stunt like that i think um but but i don't know i i do think they're a good team i think defensive issues they do have some like deandre square was supposed to be a guy that was going to have a big year I was and getting ready to look up how many tackles he's had because I haven't noticed him at all. You look, you watch the, you watch the tape, you watch the game, and it's just kind of like, where is, where's he at? Mm-hmm. He made a big play down at Auburn, but other than that, like, and that was two guys are blitz, really, too. There's like, three guys really popping for me when I watch Kentucky play on defense. Uh, Pascal's been an animal. Yeah, Eden. 
Jamin Davis, I think, has been really good. And then Phil Hoskins hasn't, like, made the big plays yet, but his pass rush is getting there. Like, it's cl- it's close. Um, I would say but Bohan, those are the three guys. They, they've gotten good plays. Bohan has been good, too. His, too. But like, it's, it's, hard for, it's hard for a nose to pop, though, yeah, like, if yeah. you're just watching. But he's been good. But, like, Square was supposed to be kind of the guy. Right. And it, it just hasn't been there. Um, I mean, he's been solid, but it's just, like, it feels like they need more more playmaking or something out of him. No, no, I, I agree with you because I think even somebody just tweeted that at me the other day, like, hey, uh, where is that guy? And, you know, I bet some of it too, like, I mean, when you think about the kind of square, the, the kind of position that square has been put in, he, he's been a one-two punch with Chris Oates throughout his whole career. They've kind of been running mates. And now Chris goes down. Yeah. More knows what's in, and now it's kind of put on him. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yeah. And, and also like there's, there's been a lot asked of him in these first two weeks. Uh, those offenses don't exactly make things easy for the inside linebackers. Um, uh, the, there's just a lot of misdirection happening. A lot of stuff where they try to confuse you. Maybe this week can be, be a spot for, he, I mean, they're going to go after him this week, so he's going to have plenty of opportunities. We know Michael Leach loved those those meshes, yeah. so hopefully he gets one of those where he just, as you said, cuts them in half right across the middle of the field, and they can kind of just get – Catapult them, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, momentum matters in football, and I, I think it just takes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple big plays to, to get going. Yeah, I do think, like, Stoops has built this – as an old school kind of SEC team in a way where you got a really strong offensive line. We're going to run the football, control the clock, play ball control, and not necessarily have our offense like not beat us, but have our offense just do enough. And then our defense will go win the game. But, you know, when you play teams like Ole Miss, you're going to give up yards, you're going to give up first downs. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot of possessions in the red zone. It's all about forcing kicks and getting some timely turnovers. And when you look at them, they've gotten one pass breakup in two games versus a lot of passes. So they're not even in position to get a turnover. And they can't force kicks. Like, there's an advanced metric I really like. Um, it's called, like, you know, scoring opportunities. When you get the ball inside your opponent's 40 – which means you're allowed, you're a first down away from field goal range, pretty much for everybody. Mm-hmm. Basically, so, you got a runner on second. Right. Kentucky's defense in these opportunities, they've been in. You know, I think like I think the number's fourteen now, or or something around there. They're giving up five point nine two points per possession. That's almost a touchdown per possession. They've gotten two stops. It was the fourth and goal and the DeAndre Square stop in the red zone. Other than that, they've given up eight touchdowns. I think eight to eight, eight. I think they have a ten possession. They've given up eight touchdowns. So like five point nine two would be like the very bottom of the country if you stretch it out for a year. Like that has to get better. Like that's that's inexcusable. You cannot play defense like that modern day. You have to get timely stops on, on your side of the field. Well, and it should be easier to <laughs> like with right. the field. Yeah. they're probably going to be trying to run the ball more. And I I, I do think that. Like maybe there is something to we spent all these years trying to 
like a Kentucky for the longest time. Uh, and the guy that's going to be on the other side on this week, that's a big part of it. We thought you had to be gimmicky to win at UK. Kentucky finally gets a guy who builds the program to win tradition, traditionally SEC football, stout run defense, run the ball. And then now all of a sudden we got the Wayne train and Mike Leach and all this spread junk that, I mean, is good. Like the defensive, the traditional run game, I think it's been like 120 yards in two weeks from like running backs. All of the, the leading rushers are always a quarterback scrambling in the last two mm-hmm. weeks. So they're, 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 they can stop the run, but are they twitchy enough to get to the passer and create a little bit of havoc? And, you know, how, how much did the, the offense help the defense last year? How much did the weather help the defense last year against the pass? I'm sure that played a significant role, but it's just so frustrating that it feels like you finally are able to run the damn ball in the SEC and stop the run. And now the SEC isn't what it's always been. Well, football's changing, I think, for sure. You heard Stoops kind of talk, allude to that Monday where you've got to be able to score points and throw the ball, you know. Um, I think that's where all everybody's going. You see Alabama, LSU. I think everybody's kind of going that way. I think Kentucky's getting that way, too. I think they're they're trending in that direction. I think you see how they're recruiting a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've heard them talk about how they need to – how important it is to get their passing game going. Um, so, I don't – I mean – they're just kind of – you are who you are. you got to play who your team is. Uh, but, yeah, it just seems like you finally get a year where, you know, you get that O-line. You get a pretty good D-line. looks like you might have, a, you know, a really good run defense. And then you come out and you play three teams in a row that just kind of, you know, spread it out and throw it on you. And you're just like, what you know, what the hell? Man, speaking of O-line, how great was that block by Luke Fortner on A.J. Ro- I mean, there, there's another play like it that they're, they're going to show at clinics the A.J. Rose touchdown. I mean, it was blocked perfectly. <laughs> the mm-hmm. pulling guard wraps around. Yep. And, I mean, that's why Rose thought he was free because I don't think a guy – He didn't – he never knew that guy was right there. No, no, he didn't. He thought he blew past that last guy. He thought he was all alone. He just didn't know that guy was there. Which, man, you always got to think there's somebody there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you got to fill him or something. <sighs> yeah. I'm just – on the bright side – well, we'll go to the bright side of things because we've we've beleaguered the, the the wrong side of things. Pro football focus, big fans of the Kentucky offense. Uh, and one that was, I don't know if it was surprising, uh, but, I mean, Chris Rodriguez was the top-ranked running back in the country. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, he averaged, what, 7.8 yards a carry, something like that? 7.2? Yeah, he had – that sounds about right. i got to pull up right here. Career high in attempts, yards, and – uh, touched it. I mean, it was uh, it was seven point eight across the boards. One thirty three on seventeen, and it was just he was just chunking them. I mean, he, his only his long was twenty two yards, um, but just like that success rate turn that'll be thrown out. Rodriguez was just you know keeping the team ahead of the chains and consistently moving the ball. Um, and I think he's a guy this week, Nick. Without smoke, like I think he's going to have another career high in carries. I think he's going to carry the ball probably around twenty times Saturday. Well, and I mean, I don't – so if y'all missed it, Cavassier Smoke, he will be out for – I'm just going to call it a month at least. He's got some broken ribs. Yeah. That's a weird yeah. injury. And by the time the bye week rolls around – Right. You know, the, four to six weeks. That's what I'm saying. Six weeks. So, 
uh, it's a bummer, but you narrow the rotation some. Now you've essentially got two. I know Grant's talking about playing some of the freshmen, but I think we're going to see the workhorse start working like a workhorse uh, this week against Mississippi State. And like it, I, I don't want to – you know what, why the hell not? Let's, let's talk about Mississippi State because everybody's very fixated on the air raid and Mike Leach, and rightfully so, uh, especially because the air raid holds a near and dear spot in a lot of Kentucky fans' hearts. But the more I hear about it, the more it's talked about, I'm pretty damn worried about this Mississippi State defense and the funky-ass 3-3-5 that they're going to bring out there uh, to Kroger Field Saturday night. First off, I want to ask you this before we get into Mississippi State's defense. Okay. Okay, so there is a very good chance Ole Miss is like Texas Tech level with Mahomes, um, worst defense in the FBS. Like, I think that's a possibility. Okay. But the offense just went out, put up 400 yards rushing. I, you know, I don't care if you're running on air, you know, every, you know, you look at the, you know, you look at the backs, plus you got the QB run game added in. They averaged, uh, you know, you take out sacks, they were averaging right at eight yards of carry, like on air, that's hard to do. And they really only had, they only had one run, I think over, you know, 35 yards. And that was the Rose run. So it's just chunk it was, after chunk after chunk. It was the fifth most rushing yards ever in a UK football game. Right. And now, so in four, in the last four games have been two of Kentucky's greatest rushing games ever. <laughs> the Louisville game and then this one. And then you look at the passing game, okay. Um, yards per attempt is a, a number I've thrown out a lot. Like with Terry, that's what I thought was the key metric to him. Can he get to that eight number? When he doesn't target Demarcus Harris, he's averaging like eight point eight yards per attempt in two games. Now, not, not to throw Demarcus Harris on the bus, but right, he's got right. some drops in there. Yeah. So, like, I just think there's some signs with this offense. Now, this could be, you know, Ole Miss and being a bad defense could be totally diluting it. But I just think there's some signs where this could really be the best offense we've seen here, and you know, of the Stoops era. And, you know, you're going back to maybe 2010, you know, 2007. I just see some signs there. Now, Terry's got to keep coming. He's got to keep proving they can throw the ball, but he's completing the high rate. Um, He's not really making bad decisions. You know, he's got a couple throws there that are, you know, close to being in in trouble. But let let me ask you a question, Luckett. You pulled out that metric. What's what's your anal Luckett this week? It's the score runners in scoring position. Yeah, it's scoring opportunities, (laughs) points per scoring opportunity. Do you have UKs? Do you have that? Do yes. you know what the UK offense is? Because 3.86. Yeah. And that's it. It should be better when you can run. That's the what ball I'm saying. Like they're leaving can. points like they're leaving points on the field, but you got to think they're going to figure this this out. Well, and, and I, I mean, the Demarcus Hairs drop was that's one of them where you're you're right there and you shoot yourself in the foot. Oh man, that 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 you you nailed it. What you found it? The analytic that fixed it all. Runners in scoring position, scoring opportunity. <laughs> but 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 that really but tells a story. That's what I'm saying. They move the ball against everybody. Uh-huh. The last bit of the equation is capitalizing and finishing off drives, and that was a problem in the preseason. But like yeah. you, but like you said, like it. I mean, even in that last drive when. They 
we're letting Terry throw it a lot early on. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? You've run, you've ran it on him all game. Why are you going away from it? But man, they moved the ball down the field pretty efficiently. And then when they needed big plays on third down, they got him. Akeem Hayes has really stepped up a lot for Kentucky. I mean, he's he's filled an important void that they needed. Uh, yeah, Terry made three plays on that drive that he just hadn't made in the past. Third and nine, first, first third play of the drive. You know, he goes through progressions, hits Rick, who should have got 25 yards, but it looked like he was running <laughs> running like Kevin Malone in a, a Kleenex uh, shoes. And so he, he gets – he barely he, gets 10. He was like uh, when Corella DeVille falls in the big vat of molasses. Yes, <laughs> Just yes, like climbing yes. out of it. That was uh, – that was Rick, man. Second one was a few plays later. It's the where – it's the – they run like a shot play, but as an outlet, he Ali just takes a step behind the line of scrimmage and just stands there to the side. Yeah. And Terry, in the past, if you if you wait too late on that, it allows the defense time to come up. But he hits it soon, and that gets Ali twelve yards. So it's getting it's not something's not open. Getting your check down quick, delivering an accurate ball where That's a guy a can point. catch it and run with it. Mm-hmm. And then the third play, all right, he gets grounded. That was a bad. That was a bad play. Um. At the game, though, Upshaw was in that area. Like, I don't think it should have been grounding, but Terry, the, the pocket was there. He didn't really need to throw it away right there. If you're going to throw it away, just, you know, pick a different spot to throw it away. But the next play, he comes back and, and throws a, you know, a strike to a Hayes who was open, but that's not – that wasn't – I don't think that was an easy throw. No, no. And so those were three plays that show me. I was like, well, like, that's something – you know, now a lot of this we got to see it more against you know, Ole Miss, but they they move the ball against what I think is a good Auburn defense, and on like five of their eleven possessions, so almost fifty percent they had a scoring opportunity, and they never had good field position the entire game. So I'm just looking at some things, and I'm like, they're hitting some checkpoints, and like something's gonna they're gonna start breaking through well, soon. They're doing well on third down too, which has... yeah, sixty percent. Yeah, that's another key metric. If you're hitting that, that's pretty. Daggum good. And then the ground game is just – it's such a a monster, I think. Um, we're going to get into how it breaks down against uh, Mississippi State, but the offensive line is great. It's really good. Um, they're doing a lot more pulling this year with their guards. I love it. Absolutely. And I think it fits Horsey's game uh, better um, than just mauling inside. And then you got the QB element, and Terry's running well. And that I thought that run, the touchdown run at the end of the first half was probably his best run because he made a cut like I've never really seen him seen him make before. Terry showed patience in the running mm-hmm. game. He tried, and it was one of those things where coaches, they're you can tell who they're kind of talking about, and when they're saying guys are trying to do too much, Terry was trying to do too much against Auburn in the Q run. Yeah, game. yeah. I still hate the quarterback draw where like because people aren't really biting on when he does his little fake pass thing. Like, just we'll just let him do, like, a classic read option kind of look. Because every time they run that play, I feel like whoever the running back is has an enormous hole. <laughs> and, that, and instead, Terry can't run it. He's got to find some other place. Nevertheless, uh, Terry showed a lot of patience. He ran the ball well. Uh, Stoops was really pleased with the way he played. So was Eddie Grant. There was a couple of other kind of thinly failed, veiled remarks where I feel like Stoops was talking directly at the cornerbacks when he said that we don't have the right combinations in our past defense. That was just like, well, 
sounds like it's coming to you guys. Like they might not, his words were, they might give you the most athletically, but mentally they're not there. <laughs> it was like pew, pew, shots fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then today I thought we heard a lot about Mike Drennan in the first few weeks of camp. Hadn't heard anything. So finally today I asked and he was like, you know, some people it takes him a while to get it. His isn't mental part. You know, he needs to get in the weight room. And I was just like, oh, well, there's no chance he's playing this fall then, if you're saying that, which concerns me because it shouldn't take, like, do you really need that much time in the weight room? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a maturation thing that Grand was kind of alluding to where he gets it, but he's not uh, completely in the – he hasn't completely turned it on yet um to where he's ready to be a day in day out sec football player i don't know what it is but it's a damn good thing akeem hayes is doing things because if not there isn't a whole lot else there in the slot yeah i think you're gonna start seeing that wide receiver rotation kind of shrunk down a little bit too now i think they feel comfortable with ollie hayes obviously i think they feel comfortable daily um, they get Bryce Oliver back this week. Yeah, I need that back. Who's going to take some of those snaps away from Harris? Now, with Harris, though, I will say, like, we, you can't throw this kid just to the bench yet because he has uh, the best top and speed, I think, of all their receivers. And he gets clean releases off the line. Um, when he got pressed against Ole Miss, he got a clean release almost every time. And all those throws Terry threw to him, it was because he got a clean release. He just didn't finish the catch. You just got to hope he can get there. But you've already seen some drops and a fumble. Like, you know, you feel like his chances are running short now. Yeah, and you just hope that that's freshman jitters. Right. Like, that's what you hope for. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, catching passes, he's it's something he's been doing forever. It's not like he just forgot to catch passes. But it, it could be a thing, too, where he thinks he's getting ready to get his first touchdown. In both instances where he had his biggest mistakes, he can see the end zone in front of him, and he's getting ready to make the big play, get a little wide-eyed. You hope that that's just a freshman yeah. thing and that he can get past it. Yeah, I mean, Terry's got to make a better throw on that touchdown, but it's a catch you got to come down with. I mean, Freddie pointed it out too, and so did uh, uh, Van uh, Van Hiles. Was, he was arguing with Mark Berger over it, but, like, Terry got rocked on that throw. So, he did. Like, I, you know, when – it's tough to step into it, but he would want it. Like, like you know, you don't want to overthrow it. You're right. You, if you want to miss, yeah. you want to miss short. Right. But I think Terry would even say he, he would want that throwback. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But like we said, all in all, there's a lot to like about what UK has been doing. They're getting closer on the pass rush. They're running the ball effectively. Terry Wilson's looking better, but you need more from your back seven on the defense you just need a lot more from him uh a guy that i was ready to just hang out to dry he was going to be my pinata made a hell of a play to get that stop ty agent knocked the absolute dog crap so good to see that but you got we we got to see more playmaking from those back seven in the defense Mm -hmm. and they're going to get plenty of opportunities against mississippi state you you know know very well how the air raid works and like it Man, we've got Mississippi State fans. They're getting the full air raid treatment, and it's only two games. Uh, yeah, the total Mike Leach, Mike Leach, <laughs> Mike Leach effect. 
It's we're going to throw for 600 yards and beat the defending national champs one week, and mm-hmm. then we're going to lose to a team that hasn't won an SEC game in 17 years in the next week. <laughs> and they did it by a pretty conservative kind of defensive approach, too. Literally, Nick, every play of that game, except a few re- sessions in the red zone, they were dropping eight, just dropping eight. And yeah. it wasn't just like a prevent drop eight. It was three deep. And then they flooded the intermediate. So like the 10 yard areas, so, they had five guys from, you, from, from sideline to sideline. It was so funny. There was one video you tweeted out where like Costello, like the linemen are just standing there and Costello yeah. was like, can I make this? Like, he's just like staring him down. Like, can I make this throw? Mm-hmm. And he finally hits his check down at like five yards. And there's four guys just yeah, right, right there. The tackle. It was right. so funny. It was so funny to watch. So that's what that's what they did, and it really befuddled Mississippi State all night, because when you do that, you're telling the offense they were daring Leach to run it, because they're giving you five six yards if you just hand the ball off. And they didn't have Colin Hill either. He went out in the first quarter. Yeah, now that hurt. That hurt. Um, he's he's going to be back this week though. Yeah. Oh, he says what Leach said. So Leach's um, stubbornness to not run it. Plus, they take the deep ball away. And where Costello struggles is, like, he's still new to this offense. And I think on some of the intermediate stuff throws, he's not, like, you know, precision, like, accurate, like you would have to be when you face that that many um, well, that many defenders in an area. And you got to know exactly where you're going with the ball. Timing. And I think that's, like, comfortability with receivers. Yes, timing. Like, do you trust them all the way, you know, to, to make that play? Um and correct me if I'm wrong too, Costello, not he's no Matt Corral or Bo Nix with his legs, right? No, he's a statue in the pocket. Here's the best news about moving forward. Kentucky's not going to face what I would call a slippery quarterback the rest of the year. You look at Costello, Garantano, Mr. Stutson Bennett the fourth at Georgia, Uh-oh. Connor Basilak. Yeah, well, look at you forgot about one person in particular. Who's that? Your guy, your favorite player in the SEC that doesn't go to the University of Kentucky, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Now that's the one. That's the one. But even <laughs> that's the one. If they if they play Bryce Young, but you look at like Kyle Trask, yeah, um, Colin Hill. Him. He's got no knees at North, South Carolina. Like they want, like the pass rush is going to get chances to tee off here moving forward. Right. Um, so that's that's the best news I think for Kentucky moving forward that they don't have to deal with that um, really anymore. Man, I'm. It, it, see, here's the thing. Like, I'm happy we're doing this now. I was dreading it before, but I feel like we're providing not only optimism, but Kentucky didn't exactly have. It's trial by fire this year in the worst way possible. Yes. <laughs> it really – I mean, aside from starting Florida, Alabama, like, you know, the the, the schemes that you're going up against, what you're trying to play against, and it's going to be – new coaches. To, yeah, you don't really know what they're going to give you. Um, and they had a lot of – they've got a lot of skill, talent, at receiver. And the receivers this week, look at uh, Osiris, Osiris Mitchell, Mitchell – He's he's a brick shit house. That's a big old boy. He's good, but aside from that, it's just a lot of big guys who don't have a ton of experience. There's not that wiggle. Um, That's not really what how Leach wants to operate either. 
he wants more, you know, shifty, quick guys. He wants some um, Yakums. Yes, to get to get separation, make easy throws. Like when they line up, they could have five wide and they could have every receiver over six two. Like there's just not guys that are small on their receiving core. Um, they even got Garrett Schrader playing out of the slot, the quarterback from last year. Wait, he didn't transfer? Mm-mm. He's playing receiver. He caught a ball last week against Arkansas. <laughs> caught a screen I, for like two yards. That's that's weird, man. You would have thought he would have been like he would hit that portal right away. But I guess he thinks, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he could be an air raid quarterback one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like they don't like it's a lot of like they've six six, six three, six four, you know, six five, you know, a lot of tall, lanky wide receivers. Um, which really isn't uh their his really MO to have that well, he would like maybe a couple, but would have like prefer to have a bunch of good slot shifty slot guys. Yeah, and those big guys, they didn't do a whole lot after the catch last week. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find this Which Yak's the key to the, this whole game, I think, is yeah. when they catch it, getting them on the ground. Because they're going to complete passes. Inflated by chunk plays against LSU, where, you know, you get free in against a man defense. There's nobody there to stop you. But uh, against LSU, Mississippi straight receivers, 8.4 yards after catch per reception. Against Arkansas, 3.2. And Mm -hmm. the good news is for Kentucky fans, too, is Mark Stoops' primary defense is um, a variety of what Arkansas did. I I doubt it, like it, that he'll try to do the same thing that Sam Pittman did, but I, or Barry Odom, excuse me. Come on, we can't be slandering Barry Odom. Stoops and Barry Odom are boys, mm -hmm. but you know that he's going to be sitting back in that zone for the most part. Here's the thing where I just don't know if he would be willing to institute this game plan. Now, Stoops, at least from what I can see, Kentucky is like – they likes to be a cover one, cover three defense. So, they'll always have the one deep safety, um, but then they can drop drop three or they can come up and press you out of cover one. And both of those coverages are probably the best to support the run because you have a safety coming down in both right. of them, coming and, downhill. And the, the difference between the two is corners dropping deep or just playing up in May. I mean, yes. Yes, um, and you can you can show uh, you can show press at both of them. You can show off. You can you can do different stuff. But anyway, um, essentially, Arkansas didn't play with an outside linebacker in their three four. They just got rid of it. So they play with you know three down linemen, two inside linebackers, and six defensive backs. So you know you probably had you know you two corners, your nickel, and then three safeties. So for Kentucky. Like, would you be willing to just not having Boogie Watson, J.J. Weaver, Jordan Wright on the field? And are, are you are you really comfortable to throw six defensive backs out there after yeah. what we've seen? Not exactly the strength of your defense right now. Right. So I, I, I'm very interested to see what he does because I went back and watched some Washington tape too. Oh, um, Washington tape against Michael H. The, his it, was, it was a lot of that 3-2-6 kind of look. Um, now, where Arkansas, they only rush three. Washington would bring four a lot of times, but they would bring up from a, a blitzer from mm-hmm. an unspecified area. Just to try to mess with the offensive line, so mess with protection. Yeah, or just to get you know, just to get some pressure on them um, at, at different spots. I mean, that's that's kind of the formula, I think, is what, what you've seen in some area of that. But I don't know how Kentucky would pull that off with their personnel because – 
there's no way you can play your best 11 without Boogie Watson, who is another guy I think they're, they need more from. Right. Um, so how do, how do they, how they figure that out? It's something I, I'm going to be interested to watch early in that game to see what they do. I think they're comfortable enough with Boogie's ability to play that play his, hook, hook curl. Yes. And, he, he's good enough to play that and he could come up and let's face it. Like in the meeting room this week, they're like, all right, let these SLBs catch it. But when we come up, you know, we're going to clobber these guys. <laughs> we're making feel it. Yeah. So I'm, our guy Bumper Pool had 20 tackles last week. <laughs> I saw that. That's <laughs> crazy. 20 <laughs> tackles. Jiminy Christ. So and also the fact maybe, that Bumper Pool is that, actually yeah. getting good. The mm-hmm. fact that Sam Pittman has done so well so early. Like he was the hire that I think everybody loved, but they were like looking at Arkansas and like, oh, could be a great hire and only win zero games <laughs> this year. Yeah. Uh, a pretty good defensive coordinator. Yeah. And man, he just, every time I see Missouri football game, I just get mad that they fired <laughs> Barry Odom for that nerd drink wits. What the quarterback that he trotted out there was the worst. I mean, he was, it reminded me of watching that Western quarterback against Louisville. He was terrible. He couldn't, he couldn't yeah. complete a pass. He was horrific. And they basically like, he, he Dude, gave Tennessee some problems. He was dropping some dimes, man. Yeah, he can spin I it. I don't. I was. I was shocked that it took him that long. Now Tennessee could run on him, you know, pretty much at will with that offensive line. Man, you want to talk about a Spider-Man meme of a game? That Tennessee Kentucky game next week. We don't even. Oh, no. Man, they're just going to just. Except the the one difference is is Stoops likes his quarterback a little bit more than Jeremy Pruitt likes his. I've got a take for you, Nick. Kentucky can just find a way to win on Saturday. You take this to the bank right now. Like Kentucky's going to win in Knoxville. No, they're winning in Knoxville if they find a way to win this Saturday. I thought, I thought you were going to say they're, they're winning out through the bye week. I was about ready no. to well, let's go. Because <laughs> this Tennessee, uh, the Kool-Aid's just, it's just too much. Like they're getting <laughs> too much for what they are. It's way too much. Oh, Jared is a good quarterback now. Look, you haven't heard? I just think Kentucky matches up well with them, and I think some of this early season adversity would help. It's going to help them in that game. Right, right. And I think it's going to be – they're going to – you know, it's going to be mucked up. Um, I think Kentucky's offensive line is better. I think Tennessee's offensive line has more, you know, recruit star power. And I think Trey Smith and Cade Mays might be the best two if you, if you, you know, are just picking from a group. Well, Kennard's in there. Um, so between those threes, you know, you pick the best two. But at the other spots, I think just Kentucky may, might be more well-rounded. Um, but, yeah, I just think that that's I, – I think that's just, you know, you win here, get some momentum. And I think, you know, week after they play Georgia in a game that's going to be really hyped up, Bama's on deck. I, I, I like I would like Kentucky to win if they can get this win against Mississippi State Saturday. But we can talk about that next week. Right, right, we can. Uh, Tennessee, eat it. I, uh, I I want to go to Kentucky's offensive line right now because they've got a challenge this week. They're going up against a Mississippi State defense that is unlike anything they've seen. And mm-hmm. the three three five, they actually saw one last year. You know, I asked Landon Young about. It. He's like, yeah, he couldn't remember that it was UT Martin, but Eddie Graham was very specific that this three three five is not the same three three five that they saw back then. Yeah, uh, UT Martin probably did it out of lack of anybody to play defensive line, but 
uh, this defensive coordinator from San Diego State. Am I right about that? Zach Arnett, yes. Yeah. He what, – what did Stoops call him? Rocky Long? Yeah, he's off the Rocky Long tree. Right, right. And, and this – it's that kind of defense. And essentially what that means is they just do a lot of movement to try to confuse you. Mm-hmm. And they've got Mississippi State Bullhogs in there moving around instead of your – Little guys, undersized D linemen, yeah, right at like West Virginia when Rich Rod was there. So it's it's here's the thing with the here's why coaches use the three for three five. Why they look to it, you're always going to have seven defenders in the box, eight if you want it to in the run. The opposing offense never knows where that seventh defender is coming from, so it adds an element of surprise that the defense or the offense has to be prepared for, but. A kryptonite of a three-three-five can be a really good offensive line because a three-three-five they can they can shoot certain gaps to take advantage of a you know a bad offensive line and really hurt you that way. I think if you know if you can make the calls and recognize um, who's coming from where, if you can do that, which is where Jake Jackson you know really thrives, right? I think Kentucky could you know kind of be a kryptonite to uh, what Mississippi State has been able to accomplish early. Well, and I think, too, when Kentucky is – like, your responsibilities aren't so much as I'm blocking this man right here. Uh-huh. It Their responsibilities in a zone-blocking scheme are step to this hole and you've got this kind of path and you're charged with opening up a path here. And, and if you get them slanting the wrong way, it could open up opportunities – well, and especially the way that they were cutting back last week. And, you know, you, you talked about that cut that Terry made. I mean, you, you can really get this defense off Skelter. Now, yeah. I, what I think is going to be important, though, is being able to get those aggravating yards if 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 you aren't capitalizing early on. Because the, 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 the holes are going to eventually be there. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're – you're, there's going to be times where they do just overload the gap you're going to, and you're just the, the play's busted. So, it, it I, am I right in saying that this is probably going to be kind of feast or famine of sorts at time for Kentucky in the run game? Yes, and no. The one thing Mississippi State done, they haven't really given up big plays, but when you look at them, they're not getting like tackles for loss in the run game. The best part of their defense has been their pass rush, which they're you know, they're bringing seven, you can, don't know really where they're coming from. Um, that that's been the issue. Um, teams pass blocking against them. But I look at Arkansas. Arkansas offensive line stinks. Yep. Rakeem Boyd, I think, is banged up. They couldn't really run the ball on them. So Arkansas, I, I kind of throw that as a wash. You look at LSU, totally rebuild offensive line, um, trying to find an answer at running back. LSU, their longest game by a running back was 12 yards all day, but they still found a way to average, you know. 4.4 yards a carry with their backs. Oh, geez. Well, if, if whew, I mean, if you're letting Kentucky get that much ahead of a steam, geez. That's why, yeah, that's why I think Rodriguez is really important in this matchup. Like, here's what Jay Rose is as a runner. He's boom or bust. You give it to him 12 times because you know one or two of them could go for 50. And so you're willing to live with the 10 carries for 32 yards because you realize that 11th tote could be for 45. Where Rodriguez is more, you know, just the ball forward, um, nothing's there, grind out two yards, 
four yards is there, but break a tackle, get seven. And then you add in the QB run element. And I think what's going to be uh, also important in this game is we're seeing different stuff from UK in the run game. You know, obviously that inside zone stuff's there. You're getting the zone read stuff with Terry. Um, but they're running counters and they're running toss sweeps and they're getting to the outside more than they really have in the past. And that's a place where smoke, I think, has impacted the game. So not having him, I think, hurts there. Um, but that's a place I think Juton McClain could make an impact. We heard about this guy in camp. Uh, I'm really high on him. Um, I think he's a patient runner, so I don't think he's going to go in there and just run into people. I think he's going to be a guy that let, let blocks set up. Um, I think he's a guy who could maybe get five or six touches and maybe, you know, um, make an impact in this game. And then uh, obviously they want to go on and pass the ball, but I don't. I think in this game, like Kentucky needs to stay within their identity. Like I think if they just stick with a ground game, it's going to work. Um, but if you get into a, if you get past happy, that's where Mississippi State can really affect the game because their pass rush is really good. Um, and that that would be my worry. Um, is you know, Kentucky's been good in pass protection, um, some, but Terry has taken some sacks that he shouldn't have taken, where he needs to get rid of the ball well, and he's kind of eating it. I mean the, the intentional grounding point. <laughs> and the, well, the sack on fourth down, where you cannot take a sack there. At worst, yeah. just throw the ball to the end zone. And you you could see they they were showing blitz too. Like, mm-hmm. of course they're bringing the house. That that was frustrating. Um, but, I mean, like it, if you've taken a look at the – a little sneak peek at the forecast, looking like it's going to be a soggy Saturday night at the Krogue. And if it's a soggy Saturday night, it could we be – We know anything like about that, the wind yet. That, that 2018 wet game where Josh Allen hit Nick Fitzgerald oh, yeah. 11 yeah. times before – and I think he, he sacked him like four times in the final two possessions. Like he finally finally got some home there at the end. They called like seven hold – well, they missed like seven holding penalties as well, and they finally called one or two towards the end. Um, man, Josh Allen, he was so much fun. That guy. Oh, that was, that was good times. Remember him? <laughs> well, he uh, – like the superstar player – on defense is obviously they're, they're missing that a little bit. You know, Josh was that where he just took games over in the fourth quarter. Um, and he did the same thing kind of in the fourth quarter of the games. I think they're missing that a little bit. And also this is a game, man, we haven't really talked about not having a much, but Chris Oates, he was made to play in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Even last week, I think they missed him a ton last week. Just kind of patrolling that middle. And, like, when Corral gets out, that was the guy. He was the eraser. Like right, When right. the quarterback gets out there, that's the guy that's going to make a seven-yard gain into a two-yard gain because of his his range, um, how fast he can close, um, yeah, his tackling ability in space. His, quick, his reactions are so quick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, man, just that's a real shame. I'm, I'm curious who's going to be rocking the 22 this week, though. I don't think they put that out there uh, quite yet. So. Uh, Upshaw got a catch. I think also this week, Upshaw, we haven't really seen yet, but I think this could be a game where he could take advantage um, because okay. Mississippi State doesn't really want – they're not really a dime-nickel de- defense. They're kind of in the same thing. I think you can match him up with um, some of their safeties or smaller guys and maybe let him take advantage or get him on these big linebackers because these linebackers they have are like two, 250, 260 pounds at two spots and the other guy's 230. 
Hell, these Justin are, these Rick, are just you, run stuff. You, you, can, you can run by that guy, Justin Ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, in addition to the Kentucky game this weekend, like it, we get we got some nice games on the board. And if, if you're looking at the board and need a place to bet, you need to check out my bookie between the NFL college ball, Major League Baseball playoffs. There's really no shortage of games to watch. We're recording this right now during the middle of game three. There are four playoff baseball, the games today. Uh, Louisville got a college football game on a Friday night, a little Friday night lights action. You need sports to bet on. My bookie has you covered. Uh, even if you don't like the big favorites or just a crazy ass parlay, my bookie is the place to go. Uh, spreads, futures, player props. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into cash in your pocket. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code PERSONNEL, P-E-R-S-O-N-N-E-L, to claim a deposit match, dollar, dollar, all the way up to 1000 bucks. So if you just want to throw 100 bucks in there, they'll make it 200 and you're going to let that ride for quite a while by listening to 11 personnel. We're going to give you some winners. They're going to match your money in my bookie, and you're going to just keep rolling that cash over. Get a big old pile of cash. Getting that nice bonus to get you rolling. Use the promo code PERSONNEL at mybookie.ag to get started winning games today. Uh, look at the... Kentucky is actually a favorite in this game against Mississippi State. And I know you weren't surprised, but I know some folks out there were probably like, uh? Nick, I got a question for you. Sure. That's when was cool. the last time Kentucky was favored against Mississippi State? It was in 2018. Oh, God. Oh, we're going to have to go real far back, aren't we? Um, I mean, was it Rich Brooks, Sylvester Croom? No, just after that, 2009, Dan Mullen's first season. He was a three-point home favorite um, lost at home. Jiminy Christ. I think Mississippi State ran for like 380 yards in that game. That's how long it's been. Like, we talk about the series and how, like, nip-tuck it's been and how important it is for both programs. Entering the game, at least – Mississippi State had what seemed like the better team every every year since since 2009. Yeah, and it's it's really what used to be the kind of how's your season going to go kind of game. It used to be a Louisville uh, where you see right off the bat in week one, how good of a team do you got? And now it's kind of Mississippi State. I mean, I remember that 2018 game, and it, it certainly gets kind of uh, lost in the shuffle amidst the other great games that happened that year. But I think there were a lot of fans who kind of thought that, you know, maybe Florida wasn't that good. Maybe that was a little fluky. Like, you know, Terry yeah. hit a couple big passes. Mississippi State, that was a test where you were fighting fire with fire, and you didn't know if Kentucky could win that. And they did. And it, it was, all right, well, this team is for real now. And they were the rest of the season, uh, aside from that that one rough game. So, um, it this is a game where they've been really bad on the road in Starkville. But you can turn your season around if you not only are beating Mississippi State, but, hey, why don't you cover a spread as a home favorite? <laughs> Be nice. 0-7. Jesus. 4-3. Four 4-3 four and and three three straight two. up now. 
That's that's the real bad is that you're losing straight up. You're not even covering close, Stoops. Come on. Throw us a freaking boat. And the Lions, I, I tweeted out what they've been. The biggest one's been 11. So, I mean, they've all been mostly one score type spreads. It was spreads. that Vanderbilt game that was 2018. Yeah. 100 mile an hour wins rolling through Kroger Field. That was so bad. Um, yeah. What could I actually do want to talk about some other games though before we kind of lay out how we think the game against Mississippi State's going to go down. And uh, Pittsburgh, Boston College, that just is the most ACC just crap fest ever, uh, which I, I'm not going to watch, but it's going to be a crap fest. I, I mentioned the Louisville – in the, my bookie ad read, I mentioned the Louisville game. They're favorites against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech a live dog on Friday night? Dude, I think they are. I mean, who isn't a live dog? I mean, that mm-hmm. that quarterback is going to commit like two turnovers. Yeah, but, he's a walking turnover. But dude, he can score forty points against that Louisville defense. I mean, who can't? Yeah, Pitt. That's the who, best time that's to the bet. That can't. Best time to bet home dogs too is those weeknight games, Thursday, Friday night. Short week usually. Everything's a little different. Um, home team usually has some juice in this game, but like we said, it's different this year. But, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it. That's a low-key big game for Louisville. No, it definitely don't, is. Don't want to lose that one. But you mentioned that Boston College, man. I threw out my Boston College stat last week where they're just ridiculous against the ACC. Right. So I'm probably going to be on them again this week. And not to toot my own horn, but Luckett's Locks. <laughs> it drops every Friday on KSR. We went 5-0 and last week. <laughs> I know a few of you all were right there with me, so – we're going to try to keep it rolling here. Oh, the man. SEC unders have been good to us. Dude, the PT's picks of the week, I was so mad at myself because <laughs> we had that uh, the military game where there was mm-hmm. two stats. One of the stats was 10 out of the last 11 underdogs have covered. And the other one was unders are 35-9-1 and one yeah. in the last we, 15 years. We talked about double dipping on here. Well, I went with the under mm-hmm. instead of the underdog. The underdog won outright by 30, and then mm-hmm. it was a push. <laughs> it was right. a, it was when a, you got the number, yeah. It was yeah. a freaking push. Oh, man. that, that I'm sure that was brutal for some, some betters out there. Uh, th- this line in uh, – I'm looking at Tennessee and mm-hmm. Georgia. I don't know how I feel about it because I don't think – like. That's another under game, right? Yeah, I'm on the Georgia under train. I'm playing them for the third week in a row this week. <laughs> that 44, like, what, 44, 44 and a half, 43 and a half? What's it at right I'm now? I'm seeing it at 42 it's, and a half. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, it's dropping. You could have got it at like 45, I think, which is what to get it. Yeah, it's dropping fast. I got it at 43 right now, it looks like. Yeah, I and I'm just looking at the – People are on the Tennessee Kool-Aid. I mean, that line's dropping. It's down to 13 now, but I, I like the under. Kirby Smart, man, he sits on these leads, man. As soon as the offense went in the tank and Stetson Bennett's back there, they're going to win every game 24 to 10. Stetson Bennett, like I know JT Daniels has the picture of the most Georgia quarterback ever. Stetson Bennett, the fourth. My God. Like, I don't, I, I don't even know what he looks like, but I know exactly what he looks like. He's, he's the most Georgia quarterback I've ever heard. Connor O'Gara put out a picture today. Um, he kind of looks like Corey Matthews. <laughs> Because <laughs> he got the curly hair too. Yeah, a little bit. They oh, a little bit man. like it. Not like like not as much as you would like. If you're gonna do that picture, I will know if it was as much as I would 
say he would look like, but you could see the resemblance. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. also, people, I mentioned the Tennessee Kool Aid. Like, I've heard so many Stetson Bennett takes this week. I think oh. Stetson Bennett, the third best quarterback in the SEC. Oh, Jamie Newman, first rounder, kind of takes. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, guys, man. Our, our Georgia has given up 16 points in eight quarters. Like, yeah, it doesn't take much to play quarterback for them for what they're asking him to do. Like, let's it, pump the brakes a little bit here. It's the same thing with. Uh... It, it's 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 folks who are complaining about Terry Wilson when the, the offense has almost 600 yeah, yards. Yeah. Like you're you're, you're like, a little misguided here. It's Tennessee's good enough on defense. I think this is when we start to see some of the chinks in the armor of Mr. Stetson Bennett the fourth, a guy who was a walk on. <laughs> so um, I think we I think like this this game I see you know 23 13 something like that. Can South Carolina cover an almost two touchdown spread? Can they score enough points to cover that much against Vanderbilt? Here's the thing with South Carolina. Like, they're scoring some points, but they're not getting really big plays. Like, they're very much four or five yards at mm-hmm. a time. Will Muschamp had a – they're down two scores. They go on a 17-play, 52-yard drive, eats like six minutes of the clock to pretty much bleed it out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, they don't get big plays. I think they're, they're – I don't think they're far from, like, I guess a little bit of reality hitting them. Um, I think they're kind of hanging. They're doing a good job to hang in, but I don't think um, the big play has been there, and it's hard to last if you're not getting big plays. What I think is wild, in Missouri LSU, the line is up to 20 and a half, and Missouri's bad. Don't get me wrong. Did you hear the news with this game? Yeah, it's it's getting moved to Missouri because of Hurricane Delta coming towards the Louisiana Delta. Uh, so uh, that line hasn't moved yet. I would assume. Yeah, I was wondering how that would affect it, right? Um, but I mean, am I am I reacting too much to LSU to think that that's a lot of points? And Basilac actually might be good enough to let them hang in a little bit. Yeah, LSU was one we hit on last week. Um, that was a perfect spot for them. Bounce back, right? Vandy. Got a little too much credit. If you look closely, the, that game against a really wasn't that close. This one, Missouri does have some pop on offense, and they just played Bama kind of tough at home. Yeah, they got the, the kid from Virginia Tech, grad transfer at Hazleton. Um, yeah, they, so they, they, got, they got some playmakers. And Basilac showed a little something. Like, I, that's a stay away, I think. But, yeah, I think if you're going to play a side, it seems like Missouri probably the right side to play there. The, the, the CBS game this week. Or, no, it's not even the CBS game. Oh, I'm, I'm, I got it twisted. It's the noon on ESPN. CBS took the week off, I think. Oh, no, CBS is in Georgia. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just going to be staying there for a while. Florida, Texas A&M. Man, Jimbo's seat is getting hot. But here's the thing. I would think that Florida could be able to score like 100,000 points on them because the Kyle and Kyle show is freaking good. But Florida can't stop the run at all. I mean, yeah. their rush defense is just mm-hmm. abhorrent. And it's to the point that, like, as many points as they scored, like, I would rather flip the Ole Miss games and stuff this year, get them early in the season, just run it down their throat. Because Florida's rush defense is terrible. So, like, Kellen Mond, he's not nothing home to ride home about. But, like, Texas A&M should be able to run the ball against them and at least put them in some manageable situations. So, I mean, the, the explosiveness of Florida's offense – would probably scare me enough to stay away from it, but I kind of want to zig and zag here because Florida cannot stop the run. 
Yeah, I mean, if I was going to play that, I'd play the home dog there. Uh, you, th- that line, though, it's scary because it's trending in A&M's direction. But it's at that six and a half, and I hate I hate six and a half and seven and a half. Those are like so weird numbers. It feels like you're just asking to get beat when the numbers are like that. I don't mind seven and a half, though, because you're getting the hook the other way. Yeah. Well, you are if you're the dog, I should right. say. Um, but it, you know what, like it, it is kind of nice to get in this grind. It, this will be the first time we've had to to wait for the the, the Saturday Night SEC Network primetime special. Just um, back at home. Yeah, no, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a late night on the blog. Be pouring some cocktails at two a.m. trying to chill out from this game. And here's the thing, like it. Uh, this is a game. I think I'm gonna go back and forth on like hour by hour throughout the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Because on one minute, I think Kentucky's gonna be able to run the football on them, and this is the kind of game they want. On the other hand, like. Kentucky's pass defense has been so bad, and Leach is going to leech. Like if he if he wants to be at his best, he wants to. He doesn't strike me as the real. Actually, he is the vengeful type. The way he, his animosity towards Texas Tech. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I. It's it's going to be back and forth throughout this entire time, but I think we can state, as a matter of fact, that this game is really going to swing Kentucky season because it's hard to ask fans to be confident going to Tennessee when you're 0-3 and you've lost to both Mississippi schools. It just is. There's three things, really, when I look at this game that I think you feel good about. Number one, it's not tempo. I think even Stoops admitted this week, tempo really messes with them. And people may think Mississippi State, Mike Leach, run tempo – but they really don't. Like, they're a lot like Kentucky where they'll run a play, they'll get to the line, but then it's look, take time, snap the ball around 12 to 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. Whereas when Auburn and Ole Miss got a first down, it was sprint. They were trying to snap that ball before the clock hit 30, the play clock, before 10 seconds went off of it. Um, So this, I think they're going to be able to take, you know, their kind of their time and make sure they're set up and stuff. So I think, number one, that's good. Number two, Costello is not going to run around and make some plays and escape the pocket and throw up to like a, a big X wide receiver. Who's just better than your corners. Like Mississippi state doesn't really have that. So I think that helps Kentucky. I think that's going to help their pass rush. And then number three, you look at Mississippi state, the run defense is top of the charts right now. Um, but when you do a little digging, they're not really getting negative plays in the run game and LSU with their traditional running game was able to have some success without really popping a run. Um, so that that's a number that to me has really been built on sacks. So I think Kentucky's going to be able to run the ball. So let's see. We don't know um, with Kentucky's defense. Um, hopefully it was more Auburn than what we saw against Ole Miss. I um, mean, hopefully getting out of tempo and having a, you know, a target that their pass rush can kind of eye on and go get rather than a moving target back there. Hopefully that helps. And hopefully maybe Matt Corral's just a dude. And that was yeah. maybe the biggest issue last week. Right, because I, I know a lot of folks would immediately point to, oh, well, the weather was bad last year. That's why they were so good against the passing. Well, the best quarterback you also played for a long stretch was Jake Fromm. And 
you know, no offense to your wife, but he's not exactly the best things at slice. But we didn't see anything like what that that Ole Miss attack last year. No, no. no. So I'm, I I want to be optimistic, like it, because I really want to squash the air raid, and I, I, I want to end with this because this is your galaxy brain tweet take that isn't galaxy brain it's it's right on the money kentucky fans got their brains warped by the air raid in the late 90s we just did mm-hmm. and part of it we were spoiled with generational quarterback talent in not consecutive years there was a year in between but you have tim couch and gerald lorenzen quarterbacking your team for eight years and <laughs> like, mummy and mummy came in right after bill curry where it a broomstick could have been coaching kentucky football and people would have been over their heels with them. So it came in a perfect spot after like eight years of Curry where people were just, you know, sick and tired. And then you come, you bring this guy in, you're just doing weird stuff. And Playing Jimmy cool. Buffett and warm-ups, you know. Right, yeah. So people thought it was cool. And then you got a generational talent from the mountains come play quarterback who ends up being one of the best players in program history. It just kind of was a perfect storm. But you're right. Two decades later, it's still, it's still an issue. I think because, within the fan base. Because when anything, I mean, like there's a degree of it everywhere where when problems happen, it, it falls on the quarterback's shoulder. Football is a quarterback's game. It just is. Mm-hmm. But I think we are with our quarterbacks as Georgia is with their offensive coordinators. You can't, Georgia will never have an offensive coordinator that's right. good enough for them. They just, mm-hmm. they just won't. And I think that's kind of the case with Kentucky where, the few except the one exception we had to that is just because Steven Johnson was basically had like one good joint left on his body by the time he was out of here. We we loved his grittiness, but Andre Woodson's the only guy that's been able to live with the hype since <laughs> since those early days. And even he took a lot of crap early in his career. The guy who came after him, Mike Harlan, had great he, he put up some crazy good numbers. I mean, he, he might have been a turd to a degree, but he was a good quarterback in people just completely overlook it and for folks to i don't know what it is about terry but i would love for terry wilson to put the team on his back to get 350 total yards a couple of touchdowns and put the air raid to bed against the air raid in lexington saturday night Mm -hmm. and yeah to me it comes down to can Kentucky's defense? Well, they can they they can their pass coverage you know, make the plays? You know, can they be in position? Get the limit the yak, tack on space. We just haven't seen it. That's the hard part in picking this game. It's just well, we we saw it last year, roasted, <laughs> and, and that's that's where it's so difficult because you've seen it at points, but you just haven't seen it at all this year. So, what Kentucky are we get? Are we going to get a pissed off Kentucky? Or right, Kentucky feeling sorry for themselves. Yeah, I like, think it's, is, that that mental state. I think is a big in, part of it. You don't know until they even the coaches. I don't think are going to know until they well, play. Until they start the game. But the but I do think there is something to your your team takes on the identity of your coach. Kentucky's been good with their backs against the wall, and if this could be yeah. like the Mississippi State game in 2016. Where well, even the South Carolina game, I, I would more compare it to that game of that year, where you start out, you blow that Southern Miss game. Yep. Your defense gets embarrassed at Florida. New Mexico State scores a boatload of points on you. 
And then you, you're playing South Carolina, a team your favorite over, a small favorite, um, a team that got a new coach um, who's kind of a, who's overachieving early in that new coach's first year. And it's kind of, you know, it's you got to win this one. If you don't win it, uh, you know, Mark Stoops was in big trouble. And they went in and kind of catapults them to a good year, and their defense played well in that game. And then they found a star in Benny Snell in that game. Can they kind of have the same results um, in this one? It's going to have to come a little different. Um, obviously, there's some different elements at play, but they've been there before. The coaching staff has, at least. Mm-hmm. So you got to hope they can figure it out. I think um, you would think that Stoops and White are probably going to have uh, their guys ready to play this Saturday, I would think. Uh, yeah, I'd hope so. I'd hope they get out there, get a little, little nasty. Kentucky did great in the middle eight, deferring. Hopefully that trend that's continues. A, that's I mean, another thing about that Ole Miss game we didn't get into. There's some key metrics that I look at in every game. Usually the winner comes out of that. You know, you look at yards per play. You look at, you know, success rate. You look at middle eight. You look at chunk plays. Kentucky won like they won all of those and it still found a way to lose game. And they were only minus one in the turnover margin and Ole Miss didn't score off that turnover. It, eventually it, that turnover created a short field for Kentucky. Right. Right. So that was kind of a wash. The fact that they lost that game, it just really came down to Ole Miss maximize their scoring efforts, which gets back to my point, like Matt Corral, which is not losing that game. It's just, that's what that felt like to me. Going back look, it's it. runners in scoring position. Yes. <laughs> Actually, if y'all want to Google it, scoring opportunity, correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's we get might the just, We might right. just change it to runners in scoring position. We could. I, you know what? I just like that we've we got new analytics every week. Like, <laughs> and making analytics a regular feature. Like my bookie, they're going to be sponsoring analytics from here on out. There Which, by go. the way, use that code personnel. And maybe my bookie will want to keep on sponsoring our wonderful show. And even though it was a little brutal... Uh, to, to relive some of it hopefully this has got you in the right mindset to be prepared to, to, to lace them up for Saturday night it's going to be football weather like it I'm, back in our element SEC Saturday night special oh man it's right where we want to be I walked outside the other day and I was like man but look it's got his receiver's gloves on right now he's ready to go <laughs> no I needed to I needed to turn a little bit more <laughs> Oh. Win this one, go beat Tennessee, and then let's get about 34 degrees when Georgia girls in town the 24th. Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. Get the ball rolling back in the right direction. This is 11 personnel. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. Let's get a win. Go Cats. And go Kroger.